Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, I'm going over everything the St. Louis Blues have done so far in free agency. I know it's been a minute, so there is a ton to cover. I wasn't able to record a bunch last week. I'll get into that and let you guys know what went, what was going on there. But uh, yeah, today's episode, going to be starting with the big stuff, talking about David Perron leaving, talking about Nick Letty signing that contract extension. And, you know, anytime at the end, I'll go over some of the depth signings like Martin Furk, Josh Levo, uh, all that all that fun stuff. Uh, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a busy episode, busy week. You know, I missed out a lot last week. Make sure you stay tuned. Gonna be a fun one. Your locked on blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman, and like I said, got a very, very busy episode for you guys today. I haven't been able to record in like about a week. Uh, I'm going to talk about that a little bit in the first segment, let you guys know where I was, what was going on. Um, but yeah, talking about free agency, all that fun stuff, um, a little bit more draft uh, carryover, lots, lots of news, lots to get into, going to be a fun episode before... I get into that though. I want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. So before I get into the hockey news, I feel like I owe you guys a little bit of an explanation, uh, considering the fact that last week was the busiest week for the St. Louis Blues in a while. Um, there was a ton of news that broke, and I just didn't post any episodes. Uh, and if you don't follow on Twitter, uh, Locked On Blues or my personal account, the reason behind that is is I didn't have power in my apartment pretty much all week, and then I also moved home on Friday. So uh, Tuesday night there was a pretty bad storm, like microburst, hurricane, tornado, something that hit my uh, my college town, and pretty much instantly we lost power. So I wasn't able to record that night, um, or I think I did get an episode out that day already. I don't know. Regardless, I uh, wasn't able to record that night. Um, told us they were going to give us power back the next morning. Power didn't come back the next morning. Uh, power came back um, the day after that, so I wasn't able to record the next day, that Wednesday at all, which is, I think, the day that free agency started. I don't even remember at this point. But yeah, the day of free agency starting, I didn't have power pretty much the entire day. Um, I went and I stayed at a friend's house that night uh, in order to just charge my phone, charge my computer. And, you know, they told us the power would be back on the next morning. So, you know, fingers crossed I uh, would be able to go back Thursday uh, and be able to record and, you know, get all that news coverage out and, and ready for you guys. Um, I get home Thursday after the, uh, after the, um, power comes back on. It's, I'm back at 9am powers back on. I do a little bit of work for my job. And then around lunchtime noon, um, I go to record. And as I'm sitting down in front of the, the computer, the power goes out again. So at that point I don't have power all afternoon. Uh, I go again to like a hotel to charge up my computer, charge up my phone. I come back from the hotel around dinner time Thursday night. So meanwhile, keep in mind this is day three of not having power, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, Thursday night, I get back to my apartment. Uh, same thing, sit down in front of my, record, my computer. I'm literally halfway through an episode covering all the free agency, covering all the news, and the power goes out again. So didn't have power all Thursday night, wasn't able to record then. Um, and then Friday, I had to move out. I'm back home in Massachusetts now, um, done with college, done with that apartment. So the jersey's behind me. You guys won't be seeing that again, at least initially. I'm going to t- 
toy with my setup, see if I can do something new. Let me know, let me guys know if you want me to see some cool memorabilia behind me. I don't know. I'm going to be setting that up. So yeah, Friday, I pretty much spent the whole day moving out. Um, and then Friday, Saturday, I was driving home from Maryland. Um, so I wasn't able to record then. And then Sunday, I played golf with my dad. So I wasn't able to record then. But here I am in electricity, back in action. Um, excited to get a lot of episodes out for you guys this week. I do apologize for the lack of content. I was really, really excited to talk about free agency and all that. And I just literally couldn't. Um, so sorry, I know it took a while to uh, explain all that stuff, but I figured, you know, you guys deserve an explanation. I want to keep you all in the loop, all that fun stuff. Um, so, but anyways, we're back. Let's talk about David Perron. It's the elephant in the room. Um, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday or something before free agency started, the Blues announced that David Perron, or not the Blues announced, but news came out that David Perron would not receive a contract from the Blues right away and he would be testing the market in free agency. And obviously that was a big bummer. Um, I did talk about it a little bit on an episode of, you know, the reasons why they might not want to bring him back and that sort of thing. Um, and then Wednesday happens and they don't resign David Perron. He heads to free agency. And then at some point later in the day, it was either Wednesday or Thursday. Um, he signs with the Detroit Red Wings on a two year deal at, I believe four and a half million dollars a year. And I would have been fine with the blues paying him that money, paying him that term. Um, it stinks to lose a guy like David Perron. I'm kind of going to go into more of the details in the second segment. Uh, I kind of want to use the rest of this first segment uh, to just say, you know, David Perron, thanks to him for all that he's done. You know, obviously he's listening to this podcast. Duh. Um, no, but jokes aside, you know, David Perron is one of the most legendary blues of this current generation. He left twice. He was drafted here, um, left in free agency, came back for a year, was exposed in the expansion draft, taken by Vegas left for like two years and then came back again. So he, he re-signed with the Blues on two separate occasions um, and, you know, had done a ton of service, won a Stanley Cup, was an all-star in 2020. I think he's eighth all-time in goals for the St. Louis Blues and ninth all-time in points. Or I think I have that reversed. I think he's eighth all-time in points, ninth all-time in goals, something like that. Um, great career with St. Louis, great player, probably our best player in the playoffs last year. And it just, it's it sucks to see him go, but at the same time, uh, I think he's in a good situation. Detroit has a lot of young talent, um, and they're kind of an up-and-coming team. You know, they're a team that can really use a veteran guy like David Perron to mentor some of their young players and, and get them, you know, to that next level. So I'm happy about the fit. I'm happy for him. Uh, but in this upcoming second segment, I'm going to be talking about just the nitty-gritty details and maybe why I think the Blues didn't re-sign him, what I think that was a good decision, bad decision, all that fun stuff. Uh, before I get into that, though, I want to tell you guys about our sponsor today, and that is betonline.net. Now, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and nudes, news, including this year's Major League Baseball season, the upcoming NFL season, all that fun stuff. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Again, that's betonline.net, where the game starts. And I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, so Blues lost David Perron. Heartbreaking. You know, incredibly disappointing. They're probably a worse team without him on the surface he was one of their best players in the last few years probably their best player in the playoffs this season in terms of offensive production um and just 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 sucks you know it's it's a guy that you 
you hoped, I hoped, retired a member of the St. Louis Blues. And let's be honest, he only signed a two-year deal, so he still could. He still could come back here again. But I think the way that I'm going to start start this little segment is talking about why I think the Blues didn't bring David Perron back. And this isn't me saying I agree with all of this decision making, but I'm going to try to put myself and you know in the mind of Doug Armstrong in the front office and give my thoughts on the Blues perspective because I think a lot of people were like oh what they just wanted to use that money on Nick Letty they they didn't want to bring David Perron back they they didn't like him whatever and I I think it's a little bit more complicated than that I think there's a little bit more nuance to it than they simply just didn't want to bring him back um and I think the biggest thing is next year's free agency next year's free agency is going to be extremely extremely difficult for the St. Louis Blues in terms of the contracts they need to re-sign so Obviously, Robert Thomas just signed the contract extension, which I didn't even mention at the beginning of the episode. Um, I guess I got to talk about that too. Robert Thomas, eight-year extension. Love that. If we have time at the end, I'll get into that. If not, tomorrow's episode. Um, Anyways, so next year's free agency, you have Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly on expiring contracts. Plus, you need to give Jordan Cairo a new deal as well. Those are the big three names that are going to be up next year. Now, Barring a drastic change in events, I think it is assumed that Vladimir Tarasenko will be going to another team in free agency if he isn't traded this offseason or traded at the deadline, which I don't think he will. And I kind of explained that um, in the most recent episode that I did last week where I talked about how David Perron leaving basically forces the Blues to keep Vladimir Tarasenko uh, just because if they were also traded Vladimir Tarasenko, unless they're bringing in a winger, uh, their wing depth would just be demolished by both of those players leaving. So pretty much guaranteed at this point. I think that Vladimir Tarasenko will be with the St. Louis Blues at the start of the season and probably throughout the entire season. And that stinks because he's wanted out for two years now and you're essentially accepting the fact that you're going to lose him for nothing unless the Blues go out and win a Stanley Cup next year. I think that that's a mistake by them. I think that you know, if, if it's a matter of Doug Armstrong not finding the right deal, well, at the end of the day, you know, unless the Blues win a Stanley Cup this year, I think any deal is better than no deal. Um, do I think that if Vladimir Tarasenko was traded, they would be they would have brought David Perron back? Not necessarily. Um, I think again that's a huge hypothetical. Depends what they got for Tarasenko um, in that theoretical trade. Blah blah blah. Um, but you know, with a guy like him, pretty much inevitably leaving next year. And even you know they couldn't even bring him back if they wanted to based on their current cap gymnastics. They're going to have to bring Ryan O'Reilly back. I can't imagine they're going to let another captain walk. Um, like they did with Alex Petrangelo and David Backus, but who knows? Maybe they will. Um, and then Jordan Cairo is the big one. I've seen a couple people saying that it might make sense for the Blues to bite the bullet and trade Jordan Cairo just to give themselves a little more cap freedom. And I definitely understand that outlook and that that approach. But I think when you have a guy like Jordan Cairo who has shown as much strides as he has, and if his progression is any indication of what he's going to do this year. Um, he's going to be able to, you know, continue to grow and continue to produce. And he's so young that I feel like it would be a little too early to give up on a guy like that uh, just for cap sake. I think that, you know, there are other areas where the Blues can free up some money, uh, whether that be Marco Scandella or Tory Krug, Colton Pareko, um, just someone on that defense I think needs to go. I think Tory Krug and Scott Perunovic are pretty redundant. They're very similar players. Uh, and because of that, I think only one of them can stick around. And the Blues just signed Scott Brunovich to a $750,000 deal or something like that. So he wouldn't be the guy. Basically, I'm alluding to, I think, trading Tory Krug would make a little bit of sense in order to free up that cap. But all that is to say, 
even at four and a half million dollars bringing David Perron back this year would put the Blues in a really difficult spot next season where they pretty much would be forced to only bring back one of Ryan O'Reilly and Jordan Cairo and to be honest they're probably already in that situation with a roster as it is I think there's going to be things that change I am pretty confident that Ryan O'Reilly and Jordan Cairo are two of the most valuable players on the roster right now in in the eyes of the front office, and I don't think you let either of those guys walk. I think Ryan O'Reilly is more likely to leave than Jordan Cairo, just because Cairo is so young, and the rest of the team is so old that if you were to do the opposite decision and bring O'Reilly back and let Jordan Cairo walk, you're essentially turning yourself into a beer league team, you know, average age of 32 or whatever. So that's why I think the Blues were comfortable letting David Perron walk because even if you're only paying him four and a half million for two years, this next offseason, that extra four and a half million would make things even more difficult. Now, in hindsight, I think the Blues should have better prepared for this. I think the Blues should have traded Vladimir Tarasenko when they had the opportunity and they still have the opportunity. But that is besides the point, you know, that they're in the situation that they're in and there's no avoiding that. Um, and I also think that the Nick Letty deal kind of has nothing to do with the Perron, re, uh, Perron not resigning as well. I think the defense, f- for all intents and purposes, the defense did look better with Nick Letty uh, on the on the first pairing. I think Colton Pareko having a consistent guy in Nick Letty, um, or an even Nick Letty being in the second pairing, whatever, just 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 short up the defense. I don't think Nick Letty necessarily turns the defense into a Stanley Cup winning defense and that's a little unfortunate um however I do think there is potential there with this current defense and then if a guy like Scott Perunovich takes that next step I do think the Blues have the potential of having a Stanley Cup winning defense because if you have you know Tory Crew, Colton Pareko, Nick Letty um and Justin Falk along with a guy like Scott Perunovich who progresses immensely then I think that's a really good defense uh and that's why I think they brought Nick Letty back especially considering some of the contracts that other defensemen were getting on the market, the Nick Letty deal started looking better and better as time went on. There were some massive, massive contracts given out to defensemen that I think are worse than Nick Letty. Um, and when you look at it, it's like, okay, the Blues let Nick Letty walk, sure. Uh, but then how do they fill that hole? They fill that hole by paying more money for a defenseman who isn't as good as Nick Letty. It's disappointing, absolutely. I saw some people calling it the worst contract of free agency. I think that's an extreme overreaction. Do I like the contract? Not that much. Um, I don't like the fact that their entire top four is locked up for the next four years and beyond, being Tory Krug, Justin Falk, Colton Pareko, and Nick Letty. You're basically just handcuffing yourself if any one of those four guys regresses and one of those contracts turns into an albatross. You're in a very, very difficult situation, especially considering all of those guys are 30 or older um, or are going to be on the you know mid-30s by the time their contract goes up. One of them might be 29. Pareko might be 29. I don't remember. Um but still, I think that they've really locked themselves in with this defensive core, and that could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how next season plays out. I think a full season of Nick Letty is going to be interesting to watch just because he didn't you know, have time to mesh with the team entirely. He looked good, not great in his limited time. He got exposed really, really badly in the Colorado series, and that's another thing that I'm worried about. I think that you know, teams having a, a, a half a season and playoffs of film to study Nick Letty, I think it could be worse um for him than it was just because they now know how to essentially play him off the ice like the Colorado Avalanche did he became a liability in that series towards the end but the flip side of that is you hope that Nick Letty with a full 
you know, off season of training with the guys and off season of learning the system will be even better. I think the defense looked really, really good at times with Nick Lenny in it. So there's a silver lining there. I kind of got away from the Perron contract, but I wanted to talk about the Lenny contract just so I would have um, the third segment to talk about Robert Thomas because I think that that's something that we should talk about as well. Um, but yeah, David Perron, um, it stinks, but unfortunately, I think it makes sense. Do I like the move? Do I? Do, am I happy with it? Not at all. But it makes sense in the sense that, unfortunately, the Blues put themselves in a situation where I think bringing David Perron back would would hurt them in the long run more than it would help them. Um, I think if you want to keep the window open beyond next year, you don't bring David Perron back. But again, that's purely because I think the Blues had some missteps in how they handled this current roster. I think that. You know, they, they put a little bit too much money in guys that don't deserve it, and that's why that's why bringing David Perron back would have handcuffed them so poorly. You know, I don't think that bringing David Perron back would have been a huge mistake, whatever. I think the Blues made a series of small mistakes that led them to the point where they had to say, shoot, you know, we've kind of, we've kind of backed ourselves into a corner, and David Perron has to be a cap casualty because of it. Um... And that's frustrating, but it is what it is. I still have a lot of faith in Doug Armstrong. I think he has done a really good job of building a competitive roster. I mean, the Blues have been one of the, you know, contending teams in the NHL for a long time now, and I don't think there's any reason to believe that that's going to change. I I do think that they took a step back this offseason. However, if the young guys like Robert Thomas, Jordan Kairou, Scott Perunovic continue to improve, continue to get better, and Jordan Bennington has a consistent regular season, again, all these are big ifs, not guarantees at all. But if those things do happen, I think the Blues could be even better than they were last season. You know, that would require a big step up from Jordan Cairo, a big step up from Robert Thomas, and a, you know, big step up from Jordan Bennington, amongst a few other things. But I don't think it's all quite as doom and gloom as some people are saying. I'm not as optimistic as I was heading into this past season. But I don't think we should be raising the alarm. I don't think the Blues are going to inherently excuse me inherently miss the playoffs i think they could miss the playoffs sure but i don't think it's a guarantee um i think it really depends on jordan bennington uh and those young guys stepping up there's a lot a lot that uh, to talk about in terms of that but in this third and final segment i'm talking about the robert thomas deal uh my thoughts on it do i like it do i hate it guess you'll have to see uh but stay tuned for that segment gonna be a fun one All right, let me let me just look up the the contract details so I, I don't get this wrong. But Robert Thomas signed an eight year extension with the St. Louis Blues, making him the highest paid player in St. Louis Blues history. An eight year contract extension worth sixty five million dollars. I think that puts him around eight point one two five million a year. Uh, someone get their calculator out and type in the comments whether I'm wrong or right. Uh, jokes, but seriously, um, I like this deal a lot. I saw some people. <clears throat> saying like, oh, eight-year deals are, are inherently dangerous, inherently bad. If Robert Thomas doesn't get better as a player or he takes a step back, that contract's going to look awful. And you know what? Stop it. Robert Thomas is 24 years old. He is one of the top playmakers in the league. He had an extreme breakout season last year with the St. Louis Blues. He played tremendously, tremendously well um, for the Blues. And because of that, I love the deal. You know, there's not a lot of 24-year-old centers as good as Robert Thomas. You know, they don't they don't grow on trees. 
the, the people that say, oh, why the heck did we give Robert Thomas an eight-year deal are the same people complaining about the average age of the Blues being too high. If you want to have the Blues stay youthful, you have to pay your young guys a lot of money for a long time. There's a good chance that Robert Thomas continues to get better because, like I said, he's only 24. If he continues to get better and he enters his prime in the next few years and puts up you know, a point per game again and is able to be a capable first-line center, that deal is going to look great. If he somehow stagnates, even if he only is as good as he was last season for the rest of his career, that deal is not the best, but it's not bad. If somehow, some way, Robert Thomas regresses and becomes worse and falls off a cliff, sure, then it's a bad contract. But you have to pay your young players. You know, you, you have to give give guys a chance to prove themselves, you know, after they have, like, their breakout year. And uh, Doug Armstrong came basically came out and said he sees Robert Thomas as the next face of the St. Louis Blues, as a guy they want to build around. They have very, very, very high hopes for him. I could see a captainship in his future, a C on his jersey. It would be, you know, I think expected for him to continue to get better and become one of the best, if not the best player on the St. Louis Blues. He's already pretty close with the way that he played last season. I am in love with this deal. I think Doug Armstrong hit hit it out of the park. I think 8.125 8.125 or whatever, even though he's the highest paid player in Blues history and the highest paid player on the roster now, or you know when the extension kicks in, he will be. I have no problem with it at all. You know, you, you, you have to pay your young guys. You have to make some sort of an effort to turn what is a really old St. Louis Blues team into a old, really old St. Louis Blues team with some young players to get excited about. You know, and people say, oh, why the heck did they give him eight years? Well, what's the alternative? You let him walk? You trade him? Absolutely not. Robert Thomas's agent and Robert Thomas goes to Doug Armstrong and say, look, I'm a premier talent in this league, a 24-year-old center. If you don't want to give me eight years here, I'll go get seven years somewhere else. That's 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 the facts. You know, I don't want to say the Blues were forced into giving him eight years, but that's what you do. That's what they did with Vladimir Tarasenko seven years ago or whatever, when he was around the same age. And Look how that turned out. They won a Stanley Cup with Tarasenko being one of their better players on their roster. So, look, that's what that's what you do in this league. You you give 24, 25-year-old players long-term deals with the with the expectation that they continue to improve and that best-case scenario, that deal is looking like a steal when Robert Thomas is putting up 80 assists a year and you know, feeding some winger who's scoring 40 goals. You know, there's a lot that has to happen for that to be the case. But it is a really, really good deal, and it's one that the Blues, it was a no-brainer for them. Like, maybe they could have given him a shorter-term deal for higher money, but then, again, that just puts you in the same, a worse situation next offseason, like I've been saying. So, Robert Thomas is the next face of the St. Louis Blues, and because of that reason, they gave him a nice long-term deal, and I'm really happy about it. Um, I think that is all the time I have for you guys today, though, uh, on this episode. Make sure you stay tuned for the rest of the week. I'm going to be covering all the rest of the news that I missed um, some of the depth signing that the Blues made, I think they really, really improved their bottom six. I think that's a very underrated aspect of how this offseason went. I think the bottom six for the St. Louis Blues was kind of a carousel uh, this past year, and it hurt them uh, more than people are are realizing. So the fact that they signed these depth guys is great. So I'm going to be talking about that in tomorrow's episode and beyond. Make sure you stay tuned to that. Uh, that being said, though, thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on. Also, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We're getting close to 400, which means we're getting close to 500, which would be really cool. Um, appreciate all the support there. Again, apologies for the lack of episodes last week. It was not what I wanted to do. I wasn't happy about it, but we're back on track, back on schedule. Um, 
Let's see what else. Oh, follow Lockdown Blues on all the various social accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Lockdown Blues. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hammond NHL. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.